Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Let's Keep It Stupid Simple with your host Temple Plain and Simple. I'm really excited to keep the ball rolling with another really important conversation this time around. Although it's just going to be me, I am incredibly interested in your comments and how you feel about the topics we'll be covering throughout the year. So make sure you comment, share, DM, and whatever other way you can think to contact me and stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome back everyone. So this week's topic, I decided to entitle this episode Common Sense Cult Tradition because I've been seeing some really, I don't even know how to describe it, some just, I think, frustrating images and content coming across the internet. And one of the most important things that I want to do is use this platform to just have genuine conversations. So to start, I kind of just wanted to take a look at some of the problems that I was seeing. Um... One thing that's been really popular over, I guess, the past few weeks, maybe it's come up across TikTok. I'm not a big TikTok person, but I know videos will come up on compilations on YouTube or be reposted to Instagram Reels. And it's this foo-foo challenge that I'm seeing that really got me thinking about, okay, there are some serious disconnects with culture and identity in America, and we have to start talking about them. And that includes the black community. So that first, I think, problem I want to hit on is just some general ignorance that we see across the spectrum. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it and also relate back to the black community is because not only do we, you know, are we capable of perpetuating it, but we're also feeling it from from the other side. So we're kind of getting it from both sides of we can say some things or do some things as well as we've felt some things and we know how this feels and that doesn't necessarily mean that we're stopping the cycle. I think one of the biggest uh, issues is just that we have this tendency to overshare or to publicize or to you know post and repost things that are not very <laughs> I think the word is forgiving. Um, in terms of the perspective and in terms of how it highlights certain things. So when I first saw this challenge, I wasn't entirely sure or understanding what the problem was because I, as a black person, I don't understand necessarily like the the significance of foo-foo. But upon a little bit more research, what was making the viral challenge so upsetting was that it was a, a direct, almost attack, I'm going to just call it attack because that feels like that's what it is on a cultural staple in the African community or the African-American community. Um, basically, it's a bunch of videos going across TikTok and other platforms of people trying foo-foo, which if you don't know what it is, I'm not entirely sure, but it's like a there's a soup that's with it or a soup-like dish. And then I think it's like pounded yams maybe and it kind of has a a consistency where you can take it pull it apart and dip it in the soup and so people are trying it to get an understanding or to get a feel for it and they are like spitting it out throwing it coughing gagging so on and so forth and it seems like a whole lot a whole lot in response to just not liking a dish 
I think everyone can say they've had something in one way or another that they haven't liked and it doesn't elicit that response all the time. So the big problem here is why do we feel it's okay to step into someone else's culture or to take a piece of someone else's culture and to disrespect it and then just post it on social media, right? We've experienced this as black people, as African-Americans, when we see people who highlight black features or, or parts of black culture, whether that be music or that be clothing or that be food or that be any number of identifying markers, they take it, call it ghetto on us, and then put it on high fashion models walking the runways in Paris or Milan. So I think that that was one of the bigger things where I was like, okay, now I'm starting to see it because there's no reason to be posting or dropping videos like this. And you can obviously not post it. You can record something and then delete it after, but we're still seeing, I mean, a number of people who felt that it was necessary to put this up. Another issue that like caught my eye was <laughs> it's really, really tough to kind of give yourself a little bit of conviction. And conviction is just calling yourself out on the things that you know are wrong and having to address them. And so I got to talk to the black community for a second because these very like traits and behaviors that we get angry with when we see white people do them, we can then perpetuate against other groups and other minorities. And this specifically is an example of that. And it breaks my heart because where we already have a society that is to the brim with racism, that is built upon racism and that lives off of white supremacy, we are tearing apart our, you know, this relationship that we should be building with African communities. Um, I understand it's, it's a perspective of like, well, if I just don't like something, I'm not required to keep eating it or to keep doing this or, or that, but I think it goes so far as to say, listen, you also don't have to post about how much you dislike it. You don't have to talk about how much you, you know, don't think that it's for you or you're like, mm, that's not it or something like that. Because when you talk about something, especially culturally like that, you have to realize there's a bigger implication to it, especially in the America we're living in today. We are in an incredibly heightened state where people are on edge every single day. I'm making this episode on the 13th and just a week prior to this, we had our capital stormed by white supremacists and terrorists who were attempting, I don't even, I'm not even sure what they were attempting um, outside of trying to attack democracy and strike fear and terror into the hearts of, I assume, liberals or Democrats or so on and so forth. So when we're talking about this, we have to recognize that there are some very serious implications to presenting any community's cultural staples this way. The same way we wouldn't want someone coming in and laughing at us or tearing apart what we do or how we eat. We can't then turn that back on the African community that we should be building a bridge with. Everything that is black today comes from Africa. Everything we are, everything we know, everything we do. You know, every song that you like that has a good beat, 
African drums started that, okay? Every food that you like that has great flavor, our African ancestors are what passed that along. Because as much as we were ripped from our homeland and, and stripped of our rights, and you can see the history and the ancestry that deliberately was, was a, there was an attempt to destroy it, there is also the hardest, most resilient parts of our spirit that kept it going in one way or another, whether that be fashion, whether that be culture, whether that be clothing, whether that be music, whether that be food, all of that comes from African cultures. So there's so much respect that needs to go into it. And when we're already dealing with racism on one front, we have to be aware and, and responsible for doing a better job of confronting it and stopping it instead of perpetuating it. And I think it kind of, it falls back into that ignorance. We have some ignorance that we have to get over. We have to educate ourselves and, and do better, especially when we know the dark side of, of these things. We know how painful it can be to see your culture be so brutally ripped apart and, and torn to shreds, whether that's, you know, news correspondents who try and put their two cents about something that we are doing or it is Twitter or Facebook or Instagram influencers who feel like they have a right and have the audacity to reach into black culture, use it for a meme or for a video and then just throw it back as if it doesn't matter. So I think the common sense part of this is just being more aware and being less ignorant on what is happening around us and culturally important and significant staples because they deserve the respect that you know they've earned over centuries centuries again centuries of their existence um another part i wanted to kind of reach into is it doesn't just fall on the black community especially because we are battling our own um victimization from a number of fronts it falls on our allies right and i want to be really clear here that it's not necessarily a one person and, and done it's a group effort but allies are in a particularly powerful position to make a difference and a powerful position to say and do what is right when it comes to confronting this problem of of cultural appropriation and and denigration by whatever mediums we choose to talk about so when i talk about allyship i don't want people to be confused with liberalism they are not the same thing there are people who would consider themselves quote unquote liberal and then turn right around and have nothing to say when their friends or their co-workers or their confidants or their bosses or whoever is spewing ignorant or um, outright racist or prejudiced information or opinions. So one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about liberalism versus allyship is because what I think a lot of what we're seeing is very performative. It's very performative ally. Like it makes sense to, to be liberal in today's world because that's what we're moving towards. Despite uh, what we see on TV and what is highlighted by news outlets like Fox and a, a number of a number of other sources, 
we have a world that is moving more towards change for the better and that is equality that is equity that is you know working toward making the world a better place with that being said there are obviously some huge structural flaws that are still in place that have to be confronted because the simple fact of the matter is until we fix the systems that are broken we are just trying to put patches on foundational cracks and it's not going to work things are going to fall apart allyship is so important because allies have the ability to have conversations with people who won't even look or speak speak with me um you know there's there's so much emotion and feelings behind when I go to have these conversations with people who might not be in the same mindset as me or who might not have the same opinions as me that I don't always get to articulate my point the way that I want to because people are already so on guard or they are already having a certain list of opinions or thoughts or concerns that I'm not able to to articulate myself well or when I do articulate myself well they'll go back and try to you know, pull apart every piece or go and, and try to make a name for themselves by attacking me. Um, and it happens in a number of ways. It's not always blatant. It's not always like somebody's going to straight up come to you and be like, yeah, I'm a racist. I pretty much uh, live in racism. I enjoy it. This is what I do. It's not always going to be blatant. I think everybody has this idea that in order to perpetuate racism, in order to be a racist, you have to be someone who walks around with tiki torches and a white hood using a hard ER on a regular basis. But the reality of it is by not actively working against racism, you can play into racism and be a racist. So one of the reasons I want to talk about allyship and, and really delve into it is because there are a lot of people who are performatively great allies. They always have something to post. They always have um, some kind of picture, quote, something. They always have somewhere where they somewhere where they want to go in and and say listen i'm with you guys i'm here i'm on your side i'm on your behalf whatever that may look like but the truth and the fact of the matter is when it comes time to really be there and to to march and to be at the um speeches and to stand and to really be on the front line they're nowhere to be found y'all <laughs> they get their photo op they get their picture and they're gone or they do that one post and a hashtag and they're done. I cannot tell you how many people I saw post a black square on Blackout Tuesday and have not said a single thing about the injustice that continues to plague this country since then. That was in June of last year. Your little liberal friends who haven't said nothing, haven't done nothing, haven't spoken out about anything, haven't spoken against anything, those are not your allies. Those are not friends. Those are not supporters. Those are not confident. Those are not anything besides really great entertainers. And um, that's my opinion on that 110%. And I say that because we have to be that harsh and that honest. It does black, the black community. It does marginalized groups. It does minority groups no good 
to have performative allies who, when the going gets tough, they are nowhere to be found. And it breaks my heart because I want to give people the the benefit of the doubt and I want to support people as best as possible. But the truth is, we don't have that. We as a community are in a place where it's like you either pro-black lives or you're anti-black lives. You either anti-racism or you pro-racism. There's no gray area there, right? There's no gray area in saying that black lives matter because we're just saying that black lives matter. You're angry that we're saying it. I'm angry that we have to say it because it's not shown through the actions and through the behavior of America. So there are some really honest discussions that people need to start having with their quote unquote allies. And we have to be more aware and more genuine in in these conversations because when we're not, we're letting people slide and I'm not okay with that. There was a video on Instagram from a uh, user named Godfrey and his video was about a white supremacist who had previously been married to a black woman. And why is that interesting? Why is that significant? Because a lot of people, a lot of allies, a lot of, you know, I'm not racist people use the very outdated, ignorant and ridiculous piece of evidence that I have a black friend. I date black women. My husband is black. My best friend's brother's cousin from another country is black. So I can't possibly be a racist like my goldfish is friends with the blackfish and now I'm not a right. Like it'd be the most out of pocket and ridiculous, ridiculous pieces of evidence that have people believing that they are allowed to say, do, behave, act, whatever way they want. I have friends who grew up with me in a predominantly black area where we went to school, which was predominantly black and Hispanic, who have never acted the way that you see people like, like, uh, the improperly spelled bad baby or like uh, like I don't I don't even know too many more examples because I try to distance myself from that but people who are talking out loud who think this is the way that black women act and if you put the nails on you change your hair color you can do this who are perpetuating some very harsh and very painful stereotypical black women imagery who perpetuate this idea of a mad black woman, so on and so forth. I have friends who have lived with me their entire life who have seen that their entire life and have never partaken in it because it's not their culture and it's not their identity. And no matter how close you are to black culture, if you are not black, it is not yours. If you are not black, the N word is not for you. And there are some black people that don't even say it because they just they just feel a certain type of way about the word. And for everyone who's like, well, I say it all the time. And my friends don't have no problem with it. You gonna come across people who are not your friends who are going to have a big problem with it. So we have to talk to our allies. We have to really hold them accountable. We have to be honest and be truthful and let them know, listen, don't try it. This is not it. This is not for you. This is not your place. You have no right to encroach upon this culture and to use it and to get famous and popular off of it. And then to just walk away. And that is an ignorant thing to do. 
And that's why I wanted to, you know, start off by talking about ignorance because we see it in so many different ways and it has to be addressed and it has to happen now because not only are we in a in a seriously a heightened time of just emotional distress and traumatic events we are trying to move this nation trying to move ourselves trying to move this world in a better direction and that doesn't happen if we don't start taking the steps to educate ourselves and to be better allies to any community and every community and to hold our allies especially white allies accountable for the fact that that they have a role to play every single day in as many ways as they can not just when the cameras are on i have to um i have to do a shout out to my best friend her name is megan um and i've known her since i was in middle school right so i've known her through a couple of racial crises and as we've gotten older and as she's learned more and and become such a an incredibly educated and well-rounded individual she has been a huge a huge source of support for me during this tough you know the last few months um as a black woman in america i feel so discouraged by a lot of the images i see and a lot of the the media and the portrayals of the black community i feel heartbroken by the lives that have been lost to police brutality and to racism and to um terrorists who have attacked the very system of government that we you know have have prided ourselves on or one of the oldest democracies in the world um she has always checked in and always i'm on instagram pretty regularly as someone who's just following content and looking for topics and i am so proud of her for taking the steps to be proactive she did not wait i did not have to ask her anything she invited me to marches and were there you know was there as as a support system and you know your heart is breaking and you're you start crying because you're so emotionally invested and trying to make this world a better place not just for yourself but for future generations you need someone there who has the outside perspective who has the um kind of the stamina to help you when you're struggling so she has been a really great source of support of love of light because in those moments where i just needed someone to cry to and be like i just don't understand i don't understand the hate i don't understand the the prejudice i don't understand how you know people who have never met me can take one look at me and decide because i'm a black woman they are going to hate me for x amount of reasons which are all of them nonsense and, and prejudicial and um, things of that nature and she has just been so great in that and it, it warms my heart to have her as an ally because when the going gets tough when stuff like this happens a lot of people find out the difference between those performative allies that they have in their life and the real allies that they have in their life and I have been so blessed to have someone who is an incredible ally and who has just offered me so much solace in my darkest moments because not everybody gets that not everybody has that and I want to um continue to educate people and continue to see them be educated 
whether they go out and find materials or resources on their own or they're pointed in a certain uh, direction and I you know I want to see everyone have an ally in their life that can be kind of a source of, of support and a, a person to walk side by side with them in in a march or in a protest um, one of my favorite images that is now a contact photo is a picture of me and her holding our signs up side by side and mine had a little foul language on it so I'm not gonna quite repeat it um, I'm gonna try to keep things as clean as possible but hers said I may never understand but I will still stand hashtag black lives matter and and that meant the world to me because it's so important that people even if they don't fully understand what's going on or the pain that we're feeling or the struggle that we're going through they're still being there to support us and to um break down these systems and to watch these structures crumble that represent and that are very clear depictions of racism and prejudice and to tr be true allies in deconstructing the world as we've come to know it to make it a more positive more receptive and a more um, inclusive and diverse place so i had to take a little break and come back um but i kind of wanted the second part of this episode to be about social media and how common sense needs to be more in social media than it is right now because the simple fact of the matter is is that when we look at what's coming across our timelines what's happening on instagram what's happening on twitter so on and so forth it feels like there's this huge 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 gap between understanding and being socially aware and just not enacting any of that material or information in what happens next so it's one thing to know that there's a problem it's a totally other thing to actually do something about that problem and then to keep doing something about it so if you're you know someone who's noticed that you have friends who post funny content or they are all for the most recent of hashtags and then when things kind of die down or information isn't as heavily submitted as it was they're like nowhere to be found to keep the noise going this is probably a good segment for them uh one thing that i really want to talk about is the age of the karen the becky and the patties and if you're not familiar with these terms then i don't know where you could have been because they are some of the most popular terms used to describe people who in one way or another are perpetuating racism whether they are outrightly doing so or doing so in a manner that seems, um, I guess what some would say a little passive, uh, more of an implicit kind of thing or more in a behavioral setting than it is, you know, storming a capital. So in the age of Karen's and, and I think Karen is probably the most well-known, um, it's really it's interesting how this social media term or, or movement has been used and then how it's been taken and then how it's been transferred. So I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about how social media gets it right. I want to talk about how social media gets it wrong and then how we're going to deal with this. Um, so like I was talking about earlier, being ignorant is just not okay. 
ignorance is not a blissful kind of thing it's a dangerous kind of thing and when we're talking about people who identify or are usually identified as Karens there's a lot of I think um ignorance on their behalf and so documenting them was a way for us to recognize my life could be in danger if this person calls the police and lies and that's usually what a Karen does a Karen is someone who after being minorly convenienced takes it upon themselves to try and abuse the system which they know they can as a white woman in America we're not going to talk about all the femininity and issues and the identity things that we'll say that for another episode but um uses their whiteness their white privilege their white power to kind of um force a hand or force a move or force an action it's this idea that if i threaten to call the police or if i use my privilege or if i say this or i say that then i can force you to do as i please because i have power over you as a minority as a black person and particularly black people And it it shows some of the more um, structural and foundational things that we are talking about when we are talking about how racism is literally intertwined with the beginnings of America, with what America is founded on. Racism is older than America. And for people who don't understand what I mean when I say that, I mean that slavery Um, and the enslavement of people and the denigration of people based on the color of their skin was around far before there was ever a, uh, a revolution, the American Revolution, and before we ever signed any documents to become a country. So before you had the American society that we know today, before you had, um, all the documents and all the, the, bills and uh constitution and articles of confederation all of that before you have any of that you have black people black people are literally the backbone of america of american economy of the ability for america to continue running today of every monument you've seen built it's more than likely black lives went into building those monuments and were lost in the process Um, So everything that we know about America and everything that we've experienced of America is clear as day connected to racism. And that's why when we protest racism, so many people feel like we're protesting America because in a way they feel that racism is so foundational because it is. And they feel that we're attacking a country instead of a problem within the country. So where do Karens kind of fall into this? Like I said, they are perpetuating this this idea of white people having power over black bodies and brown bodies and being able to force them to do whatever they so please. Um, And so at first it was a way to document these altercations and to address these altercations and to make sure that when or um, if, but usually when we would be called into court or have charges pressed against us or be sued, we had enough evidence to say, listen, I not only didn't do this, but they're lying. They're just, they're using whatever privilege they have in this system to abuse it and to try and make me out to be the bad guy. The problem is that social media oftentimes brings out of the woodworks people who feel the need 
to to hijack these movements and to latch on to them same way they culturally appropriate they come in and they take these these um hashtags these movements these documentations and they make them their own so i've seen everything from karen university um parodies and and memes to people who have built accounts around being a karen or who make these little um 10 second witty anthems about being a karen and it's like i don't think you quite understand what this is or i see a lot of um you know, people who aren't necessarily in any danger or who are just having an altercation with someone and they immediately pull their phone out and they go Karen. And it bothers me, not because I don't think they have a right to document it. I think that 100% they have that right. It's the fact that they may not fully understand the term or they may not understand why this movement was started. I think a lot of the time what bothers me with social media is that it gets kind of like a mind of its own and so it gets to spin off into whatever uh, like subset or subgroup it wants and people assume that the term Karen or assume that the um, meme or the parody comes from nowhere when in reality it more times than not oftentimes than not and I would say I would almost venture to say majority of the time spawns from black Twitter, black Instagram, black everything, because black content creators are the ones who are putting this out there, who are giving the examples, who are kind of building the blueprint and who have this kind of layout that has to be followed in order to keep going with this content. So what I think social media gets wrong a lot of the time is who this content is coming from and who actually, you know, deserves all the flowers, as people would say. Um it's hard to see people who hijack these movements or hijack this form of documentation or evidence collecting and they use it to make fun they'll make uh fake videos they will make staged kind of scenes or acting things out which are hard to depict or hard to um, decipher excuse me the difference between if it's real or if it's not. And it's bothersome because people are having very real, very negative altercations that put their life in danger, especially black and brown bodies. And when someone comes in and tries to make a little sketch and make it really funny, it's not. Um, Our lives are in danger. We have the risk of dying. People, black and brown people who get the cops called on them have an increased risk of dying versus white people who are calling the police for any number of reasons. Um, We have to hope and pray that the police officer who shows up or the policeman um, or woman who arrives at the scene is not someone who's going to attempt to take my life and who's going to attempt to um, further push the white supremacy plan and attempt to make me out to be the bad guy or tell a lie or do whatever with their with their cams or whatever the case may be we have to hope that we get a quote-unquote good officer in a world that oftentimes has not very many to choose from so when people are going and trying to hijack this and try and make it funny and try to make it comedic it's almost as if it's a slap in the face and then people are like well if the black community does it and y'all make it funny then how come we can't it's a really different situation. Black people who have been forced to survive 
in this kind of, um, not even kind of, but this really abusive and violent society that has at every turn tried to either strip us of our blackness or repurpose it. Um, we have had to find ways to survive. And part of the ways that we have found to survive are through comedy, are through arts, are through performance. And it it's an important part, an important distinction between ourselves and the black community, especially like when you see black Twitter or something of that nature and those who are just imitating it. A lot of content creators, especially white influencers, get on the internet and are like, well, it's just internet culture. It's just internet culture. Everybody says this. Everybody says, yes. Everyone says, ooh, child. It's, it's not, it's not. It all comes from somewhere and black people are the root of a lot of the content, a lot of the popular, the for you pages and information that you see, we just don't get nearly as much recognition as we deserve. Um, and so I think that's one of the more frustrating things is that you have these movements who are calling out the Karens and calling out the, the barbecue Beckys and the permit patties and so on and so forth. And people don't understand that these aren't funny sketches. These are not your TikTok videos. These are not your conversation, you know, jokes to make. These are not your um, videos to copy or to parody. These are people's lives at risk. We have a responsibility to recognize the value of black lives, to recognize the value of brown lives, of marginalized people who at any moment's notice can experience discrimination and then have that discrimination be swept under the rug. We owe them a lot more in support and in respect. And then when you are making these videos or you are trying to create content that's supposed to be comedic or funny recognize you know the seriousness of the situation and also give whoever deserves the credit the credit they deserve if your video is based off of something funny that you saw or if it's based off of a movement that um you've noticed or it's a hashtag or a challenge or whatever the case may be give that person the proper recognition and that starts from the very first time you see the video to the very next time you see that video hopefully it would lead back on a trail to whoever started it um but at the very least we're putting in action or putting in a plan to attempt to give people the proper recognition and now that we've kind of highlighted some of the things that social media does you know wrong i think it's also important to understand that there are certain parts of social media that are beneficial to movements into addressing it. One of the biggest things is having an open platform and open audience to document these alter uh, altercations and these encounters that can put people's lives potentially at risk. So if you're someone who's afraid that your video will never see the light of day or that nobody will be paying attention, or that it could be suppressed. It's really nice to be able to go on a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live or any kind of Live where someone can go and say, no, I see this, you know, I'm recording this. I know that this is what's real and, and they're not gonna get away with this. Um, this video, you know, videos go viral because people are able to share them live and that's a really good option for people who have never had a system they could believe in. So if you can't believe in the police, if you can't believe in the politics, if you can't believe in the government, if you can't believe in the courts, then it's a, a good option for you to be able to at the very least believe in your people 
um, and the people who you know could be of support, who you know could offer you some sort of um, coverage or at least some sort of support. It's hard because what we want is justice. What we want is equity. What we want is for um, systems of oppression to be dismantled and to be able to walk into a courthouse and to have the same opportunity to prosecute as anyone else and to um, go up against the police or not necessarily up against the police, but you know, see the police and not be scared for our lives simply because of the color of our skin. But when that's not immediately accessible, it's important that we have at least somewhere else to go. And social media is a really good option for that. Um, I think there are a lot of positive attributes and that's one of the biggest. And then another place is the community. It's really nice to know, even if it's a really difficult topic, even if it's a hard thing to process, it's nice to know that you're not alone. There are definitely times where you're facing comments um where you're facing behavior where you're facing oppression or suppression in god a number of areas i know that i've felt it in classrooms i've felt it in doctor's offices i've felt it in organizations i've felt it in meetings i've felt it in interactions and engagement with a, a number of different people with administrators with peers so knowing that you're not alone offers so much support and so much like it just gives you that sense of oh god i'm not alone thank you jesus now how do we deal with this or how do we combat this or where do we go or what's next um having a platform like that really is a powerful powerful thing and people may not think so or may not understand but when you don't have to let things bottle up you can kind of let it out with social media there's a bit of a camaraderie that comes from it so i mentioned black twitter black twitter has become a place that's really powerful because it has the ability to make topics trend it has the ability to make you know a mountain out of a molehill in the sense that if if something you know starts small and it seems like just a microaggression we can address it we can bring it up on all charges and and try it in the court of public opinion and that's a really really like amazing ability to have um where we feel as if we have an entire community of people who even if others don't agree with us or we feel that we've been targeted or we feel we've been mistreated or abused there are others who are going to jump in and be like no girl you're good if they're not going to respect you at your job quit and then you know file your charges or whatever um if they're not going to treat you right at school then fill out this form if you need a reference use me on that you know it's it's a dope feeling when you can look on twitter and somebody's like even if you ain't never worked for me a day in your life, I'm gonna be a reference for you. Y'all go get these jobs. So it's a really powerful and amazing tool to have social media. And social media can oftentimes get flack. You know, I gave it a little bit of flack myself, but there's something there that makes it worthwhile. And I don't ever want people to feel as if they can't in any way, shape or form rely on it because it could offer you a bit of solace. It could offer you a bit of hope. It could offer you a bit of community. It could offer some of the more um, uplifting qualities that we need, especially in a time like 
COVID and, and a pandemic where we aren't getting those necessarily face to face. How do we do better, especially when it comes to this year? It's really important that we take a look at the negative aspects of social media and combat them and take a look at the positive aspects of social media and uplift them. So whenever you have the ability to use your voice and to use it in a way that could do either of those things, do so. If you know that you are someone who has overlooked the beginnings of a trend or overlooked, you know, where a really beautiful culturally significant item or um, staple comes from go back call yourself out on it and be genuine about it and say listen I may not know or I may not have done right by this group of individuals but I know better now and I will do better because that's my responsibility and that's what I choose to do with myself and my time and my platform and if you're someone who is constantly out there doing your work um, spreading a message making sure that people have resources and protesters or are getting the support they need if you were someone who when people were getting arrested left and right were sending out information on on legal support and um, you're still to this day sending out statistics and information and making sure that everyone is educated, keep doing that. Keep being a light, keep being a beacon of hope, keep being a source of information because we need it. Um, This is a time where we should be combating ignorance. We should actively be working to be the best allies that we can and using social media platforms in the best way because they're our main source of connection, you know, at this point. Um, So just a few kind of tidbits I feel like we should be able to wrap up with and and finish out this episode. Not everything is for the gram. So if you don't like a certain food, if you feel like you might not like a cultural staple, if you're just doing a challenge to see if it's um, quote unquote as bad as as it looks, don't. It's not your job to post everything on social media. Sometimes you just need to go out and experience some things and do so quietly. Just kind of mind your own business. Um, Ignorance is not bliss. It's dangerous. It is. We are in a time where it is far too complicit to stay in your ignorance versus actively combat it and to do better with it. Um, we all need better allies and we all need to be better allies. So if you know someone that claims to be an ally and are not doing their due diligence, call them out for it. And if you look in the mirror and see that you are not doing your due diligence and that goes for everybody, please, please, please call yourself out on it and do better. I know that I could do better in knowing and supporting a number of communities and I will continue to work on that throughout this year and we should all have that goal. Um, And then no matter how close you are to the black community, if you are not black, it is not your culture. Um, That's pretty much self-explanatory. And finally, where we need people to uplift in social media uplift and where we need ignorance to cease don't spread any more of it um we have a serious responsibility to start being a a sort of gatekeepers to the information that we put out into the world into what's spread around the world because if we keep spreading around ignorance and if we don't do our part to properly 
you know, talk about the issues and do our best to change them. And then we become a part of the problem. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about people who are um, not necessarily, you know, like I said, tiki torture, tiki torch carrying, you know, capital stormers, people who are looking to um, actually take lives and and to um, overthrow democracy. We're talking about some of the Karens who felt that it was necessary to call the police on people barbecuing in the park. Um, Some of the Karens who take it upon themselves to not want to wear a mask in Walmart, which is just and in in others who identify or fall into that identification or that category of people who just are not doing what's right by the society um it's really a good time and place for us to just start doing better it's a new year it's the start of you know a new opportunity every single morning is a new day it's a you know new page in the story and we just have to start being better about how we are writing these chapters and how we're participating in them so um we're just gonna wrap it up i appreciate everyone for coming and talking about the common sense of cultural um identities and just common sense culture edition Thank you all so much for joining me for another episode of Keep It Stupid Simple with your host, Simple, Plain and Simple. I enjoy these so much and I hope that they spark conversations within yourself, within your own groups, peers, communities, friends, whatever, um, or wherever you feel the need to really have these conversations. Don't forget to follow this podcast to make sure that you follow me on social media to play and simple across multiple platforms and reach out, contact me either via my website or through my social media. I'm always looking for new content, topics to talk about, and who better than to listen to the audience. Thank you so much and have a great day.